have more of it. I always tell people, the more you have it, the more you're gonna get in like routine and figure out things that you like more. So you might have to force yourself at first, but I feel like the more you have it, the more you want it. And you, I feel like you never regret it. You never look back like, oh, I wish I didn't have sex. No, no one says that. Hey guys. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Selfie Show. Where we are bringing you the weekly dose of sweet and salty. I am Tori, the founder and now co-host of The Selfie Show. I am a nurse, blogger, and podcaster. And I am Sam. I am a flight nurse, college professor, podcaster, powerlifter, and co-host of The Selfie Show. And today we are talking off the clock with Miss Avery Woods. Mm-hmm. Highly requested. Highly requested. And also this is probably our most X-rated episode we've ever done honestly this is like more Mm x-rated than our episode with a sex therapist 100 and i love it for us i love that for you because your birthday's next month (laughs) and i can't wait to see how you celebrate if you know what i mean and you guys if you know what i mean (laughs) if you guys tune in you're gonna know why not safe for work NSFW. And not safe for children. Yeah, don't play this in the car with your kids in the backseat. You were warned. Unless you gotta, you'll have some explaining to do. They're gonna have questions (laughs) and you're gonna need answers. Okay, so this week I have a really great suggestion. uh, Sam and I are gonna do a a her and hers suggestion here. So my first tip of the week is actually a podcast, which I was turned on to um, shockingly by the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. So if you guys have not heard of this podcast, it's called Beyond Influential. It's hosted by Brittany Crystal. So essentially the podcast is, it's a deeper look into the power of influence. So she brings on thought leaders, entrepreneurs, creatives, and these people with honestly such remarkable journeys. But what I think is so fascinating about her is she was actually a lawyer and or in school to become a lawyer. And then she ended up working for Gary Vee. And she has such an interesting background and subsequently she left Gary and started her own thing. But I am absolutely obsessed with her podcast. I have learned so many things from her and actually brought a lot of the tips and tricks and tactics from a lot of her guests and use them here on the podcast. If you are someone that's just interested in hearing about the power of influence and entrepreneurs and creatives and how people do things and just this amazing time that we're in, I highly, highly, highly recommend her podcast. It's probably been one of the best resources for me as someone who's creating something in this space. Not only that, I just really enjoy hearing the journeys that she talks about. Um, So I definitely highly, highly, highly recommend go check out her podcast. And I have another little podcast wreck as well. I just got turned on to this. I don't even know how I found it. I think it just came up as like a suggestion. But it is Unfuck Your Brain. Well, it has a little star sensor. Love so that for I Love, love that. that for them. And it's hosted by Kara Lowenthal. And she's actually a form. She's an attorney. Mm-hmm. And now she's a coach and hosts this podcast. And... I binged watched it while cleaning, doing a deep clean, Mm -hmm. and it went over so many things, like topics that really spoke to me, self-worth, dating. Uh, It's very like feminism Mm -hmm. type based focus, so obviously love that for myself, but like there's episodes about unlearning the patriarchy, but I think the ones that really grabbed me the most and stuck out to me were the ones about vulnerability and intimacy Mm. because no shocker I (laughs) very much struggle with that being vulnerable is my biggest fear 
in life that I hate. And those ones really that. And then I think things about ending and closure and even the whole concept of closure. What is closure anyways? Who gives you closure? Closure shouldn't come from someone else. There was some of these episodes that I just binged and I found so much peace with other things in my life that have happened that I hadn't really quite made peace yet. And bitch, I go to therapy too, man. You know what I mean? But sometimes it's kind of different to get out of your own head in your own situation, even if you are like actively in therapy to just hear that. So I like the podcast. I am a big fan. And the episodes actually aren't even that long. Some of them are anywhere between like 25 to 40 minutes. So they're kind of go quick and big fan. Love that. Yeah. I just love the whole podcasting space in general. And there's so many good ones out there. But these are two of our top wrecks. Um, so, um, this is going to be very on brand for this particular episode today. Unpopular opinion of the week, Samantha. I fully stand by this. I will die on this hill. Here we go. So I think that OnlyFans, I have no problem with it. Absolutely. Me too. If you want to make that money, honey, do it. I don't get the backlash or the disrespect or even looking down on women Supporting themselves or making a living on OnlyFans or participating in sex work. Here's my thought, right? Anyone who is a consenting adult and is in control of their own creation, why shouldn't we be okay with that? I think it's just really interesting to me because the whole backlash on OnlyFans is it, it stems from sex work, right? Yeah. So there's that. But I think the interesting part of OnlyFans was it was the first platform other than I think Patreon. Patreon doesn't really, I don't think it allows anything like this, but it put, it gave control back to the creator. And I think it's just, it's so interesting to me that now they're revoking it, which. No, they, they reversed that. Oh, they have? Yeah. What's the, what's the, what's the latest? Nothing. They completely reversed it after all the backlash. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay, so we're here for it. I support it. I support it, though. And I mean, I think there's a lot of people that look down on girls that have an OnlyFans and yada, yada. But why not? If other companies, if major corporations can do their entire marketing campaigns off of women and their sexuality, Mm -hmm. and then even porn companies, Pornhub, all these other sites can market off of women's sexuality. Who is run mainly by the by men. Yes. Which is... It and why, why should you be collecting a paycheck from someone else off of your own body, your own sexuality, mm-hmm. when you can cut out all the middlemen, all the other corporations, all everything, and just direct to consumer? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm a big fan. And I that think, should be within your rights. And fans. why are we judging women too if they want to show their body for money? Yeah. Who are we to say what's what's right or wrong in that in that field? Absolutely. I just I'm here for any way that if you are in control of it as a creator mm-hmm. and it's you can make a business of it and you want to do it, then go for it. Absolutely. And I think it's a thousand times safer to control your own content not be having someone tell you where and when and how to like run that whole industry I know there's like a deep seated like dark underbelly into that world but I think this takes women out of that and gives them control and the ability to even do that from the comfort of their own home so it gives the power back yeah it gives the power back that's it and why 
They never had it to begin with, even though, actually. It's not even giving them power back. It's taking what they never had, mm-hmm. what was theirs all along. I so. mean, and it also goes for men, because there's a lot of men on OnlyFans yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. That's true. Um, you know, and I think I just support anyone, if that's what they want to do. If if you, the creator, and you're a consulting, consenting adult, do it. That's absolutely, it's in your right. I absolutely, I'm here for it. I think. And then we, who's your real problem stand. with, too? The, the person creating the content or the ones viewing it? You know, the irony is that they that that industry makes more money than like any industry Absolutely. it's insane how much you know it just and so baffles we're, my mind we're shitting on the people that are creating the content but it's like they wouldn't who's paying them your boyfriend your husband <laughs> your dad your or girlfriend own, girlfriend or girl, yeah. your wife like so obviously people are consumers are consuming consumers are consuming mm-hmm. and Yet the problem is going on to the people that are creating the content. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Who obviously there's a big enough market for them to create it for. They I'm honestly Loki jealous. Me? Oh my god, the amount of times that I've been like OnlyFans.com. You know what's funny? One of our one of our good friends is a realtor, and he he actually just did a um, a big home or just sold a big home to someone who is an OnlyFans creator. And he said that like the money that she makes, it's insane. It's crazy. It she, she's mad actually because my titties look great. And why can't I make money? Off she's of on them? her third home. Can we just talk about that? That is crazy to me. I'm genuinely jealous. I don't see why. I hate that it's so taboo. I know. The only thing that is honestly real talk. The only thing that is stopping me is the fact that I'm worried about the job security of the yeah. jobs that I currently yeah. do have. Yeah. That is the only thing stopping me. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm here for it. I think if, if someone wants to do that as a consulting adult, go for it. Yeah. It's great. Get More it. power to them. Buy that fourth home, girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No kidding. All right, you guys. This is an exceptionally spicy, saucy, sassy, get ready episode. We are just so excited about this one. So this week, we have one of our most requested guests, Avery Woods. She's a nurse, a mom, a social media content creator on Instagram, and also she has the most infamous Saucy Story Saturdays. Yes, she does. And they're so fun. And we kind of, we go into We those. get into that. We get into that today. So today, you guys, we get into her life as a nurse, specifically PICU life. We get into that quite a bit. Uh, transparency also with her nursing failures. We talk a lot about that with the NCLEX, her spicy sex life, skincare, beauty, fashion. We just get into all the fun things today. We just had such an amazing episode with Avery. So without further ado, let's welcome Avery to the Selfie Show. All righty. Okay, so let's pop in with just like a fun moment, Miss Avery. We want to know, what is your unpopular opinion? I have so many unpopular opinions. Hmm. Um, Oh, lay them on us. It depends on what subject we're talking about, but I would say right now in the phase of life that I am, I would say my most unpopular, like most common unpopular opinion would be that after you have a baby – a couple things that your life is over and that you can't have good sex anymore. Preach it. Preach I mean, not that I have a sister. baby, but that- I feel like so many people talk about that. Mm-hmm. And whether you have vaginal or C-section, I had a C-section and yes, your hormones are different. And yes, sex is different, especially for, you know, the first couple times, but I don't even feel like I came into myself as a woman or 
into my sexual peak or comfortability until after I had a child. That's so interesting. So I actually experienced opposite of what people usually talk about. Right. Yeah. And I think that's something it's so interesting because Sam and I have talked about that a lot about, you know, we obviously don't have kids yet. And it's like the most terrifying thing for us because I think that is the perception is that your life, you know, completely changes and blah, blah, blah. And no doubt that that's the case. But I love I this is why we love you, because you just (laughs) you have you're still having fun and you're still a nurse. You're still having a life. You're still doing all these things. And you're um, sexy while you're doing it, honey. Okay. (laughs) You guys are the best. Well, you know, before my husband and I had kids, we kind of made an agreement. There are two types of parents. There's the first type of parent that adjusts their entire lives around their children. And then there's a type of parent that they have to adjust their children around their lives. And we chose to be those type of people where, you know, if our friends are doing something or there's something going on. We might have to be the lame people that bring our kids, but our kids are going to be more adjusted in life and we're not going to miss out on things. And we also decided early on, you know, that it's, it's important to hire babysitters or a nanny or get help with childcare because our foundation of our family is our marriage. That's what started first. Yeah. And if our marriage isn't flourishing, then our parenting isn't going to be as best as it can be. And our children are not going to experience the happiest life that they can. So I know a lot of people have mom guilt and guilt about putting themselves or their marriage first, but I think that's the best thing in order to be the best parent and the happiest parent for your child. Sometimes putting your kids first doesn't necessarily mean in the physical sense. It's doing the things that you just described is actually for their overall well-being and benefits. Absolutely. Yeah. And We talk about that all the time where if we're having a hard time in our marriage or a hard time in our personal lives or we feel like we haven't been able to have time for ourselves, when you're full-fledged 100% every day from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed with your kids, your patience is going to be so much shorter. You're not going to have the break that you need in order to give 100% of yourself to your children. And that's why it's important for me to, you know, take an hour to go get my nails done or just go to the grocery store in peace by myself or go to the gym without my kids. You know, just those small breaks make me come back rested, rejuvenated, and I miss them and I miss being a parent. I don't feel so overly exhausted and overworked that I get frustrated easier for them. You know? Yeah, I think that's really important to tap into. And this is why a piece of like why I love you. You and I have been following each other for, for a long time now. And mm-hmm. I just love everything you talk about from like your your life as a nurse, your sex life, your saucy Saturdays, you know, you talk about skincare, postpartum. Like I just think you're so relatable. And been a highly requested guest. A very, very highly, highly requested, requested guest. guest. Oh, that makes me happy. I would put you in the top yeah bracket for requests so this is a very very this is gonna be a fun episode um so for people who don't know you let's hear a little bit about about your background yeah so my name is Avery Woods I am a pediatric ICU nurse um, at a level in trauma children's hospital here in Arizona Um, my husband and I are both originally from California we moved to Arizona from San Diego August was two years so it's been about two years And I'm married to an awesome man named David. 
We've been together for a little over seven years, and we have two little ones. I have Ziggy, my son, who will be three on Halloween, so so just next month. And then Stevie will be four months on the 13th. So, and that's it for me. I got a tubal ligation. No more. (laughs) (laughs) Love that for you. Um, Right? I know. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I started on social media just completely accidentally. I never, ever even tried to be a, quote, influencer. I just shared my experience through nursing school on Instagram. And my school uniforms were Cherokee. And in 2016, they Cherokee reached out to me and said, hey, would you like to work with us? We'll send you scrubs for free in exchange for pictures. And I had like 300 followers. I'm like, free scrubs? Are you kidding hell me? Hell yes. yes. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, that's kind of how it started. And I made my my profile public. And I didn't force anything. I never even knew you could make money on Instagram. I never knew you could do it as a full-time job. I just truly ex- enjoyed sharing my experience about nursing school and then, you know, going through failing NCLEX. And I realized how many people were just appreciative about me being honest. Mm-hmm. And I also found how rare it was to find that on Instagram. Yeah. And from there, I just, I just kind of grew and I just made an agreement with myself that I was going to keep it real and I'm not going to flaunt fake for money. Yeah. And that's really important for me. And that's Another thing is that I continue to work bedside because I choose to and I love to and I don't really have a desire to do Instagram full time because my background is the medical field and I think that's why people enjoy following me because you know I live two different lives but I'm I'm very honest and I feel like I'm a good resource for people to reach out to about a lot of different things so It's very authentic. Well, okay, I'll now say this. There's some accounts that you go to for posts, you're one of the accounts that I go to for stories. I love your stories. Mm. I love like <laughs> you just keep it so real. And um, I actually kind of admire it. I'm like, I, I try and model it a little bit because I think you just do such a good job of being authentic and like doing what's on your mind. I love your saucy Saturdays. <laughs> your saucy Saturdays are where it's at. But I just think that I probably you... should have talked about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I so I think this all started because I started, I do a lot of Q and A's and I was getting a good amount of questions regarding very, what I consider saucy topics. And that doesn't necessarily mean sex. I get a lot of personal questions about money, finances, um, you know, my husband's previous marriage affairs, and then, you know, sex kind of goes into that, but people were catching on that I was answering very like vulnerable risque questions yeah that people people with a following do not like to answer those questions but I just don't mind it because like I tell people I'm like well when you're hanging out with your girlfriends I know you talk about this stuff so for me it just doesn't it doesn't bother me to talk about it with my followers because I get messages daily from very conservative people you know maybe a background in being LDS or um, were raised really conservative. And they're like, thank you so much for talking about this. Cause I want to talk about this with my girlfriends, but I'm embarrassed too. And I feel like I can't. So it's refreshing to hear you answer these questions. And so I was like, you know what, I need to make this a series. And so saucy Saturday came about. So every Saturday I open my question box and I, 
I answer as many as I can, but I definitely keep it real yeah, <laughs> sharing a lot of my personal life. It's so fun. We have a couple. I have a couple of good ones. We're going to do a rapid fire in a little bit. But um, oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> yes. One of the things that I think that I um, love that you speak on and I, is really close to me because I've opened up with my followers about it, too, is failing the NCLEX. Yeah. And it's interesting because like I just remember like I, I think I look at it now being like I wish I had someone like me talking about it when I was going through it like it was that was like the most for me it's like, like isolating isolating shameful just one of those things that I feel like I, I went through and I was just like so down on myself and it's funny because I had not shared it and then I saw you shared it and I was like you know what and I saw the reception and I was like, I need to do that. I didn't know that about you until years and years and years yeah. after knowing you. I never talked about it because I was just, you know, it was something that I was just, I think I was ashamed of. And you talk about it and I love that. And I so respect that. Um, can you speak on that a little bit? Like, what was that like for you? And Yeah, for sure. So um, when I took my NCLEX, it was a very challenging time in our personal life, Um my, my husband and I lived in two separate states. He was taking care of his grandpa in San Diego, and I was in Arizona finishing nursing school for about a year. So I was taking flights back and forth every week to go see him. And um, when I took my NCLEX, it was right after his grandpa passed, and I failed. I ran out of time. I was always a really slow test taker, and I was a good test taker in nursing school. That's why it was so shocking to me because I was a really good student and a really good test taker, and I studied really hard for the NCLEX, you know. So I ran out of time, and because I, I just kind of assumed, you know, my question, my, my test is going to shut off, so I don't need to be in a hurry. Well, that didn't happen. I took the full what is it? Six hours, five hours, whatever it is. And I failed. And then the second time I took it, I was pregnant with my son and freaking out because I'm like, well, not only do I not have a job lined up, but I don't even have my like license to work. And I was super sick. So I was going back and forth puking the whole time. I took the full questions God. and I failed again. <laughs> and I'm like, God. what am I doing wrong? Like I was so frustrated because at this point, cause you have to wait a certain amount of time to take it again. Right. So, so much time had passed since I graduated and all I want to do is work as a nurse and I had jobs lined up and I had to say, sorry, failed my boards, but no one talked about it, especially right. then, you know, this was back in 2017. So it wasn't really common to say, Hey, I failed my boards because it's normal. I, I, it's, it's so much more common than people say. So, yeah, you know, I was able to take it a third time and I passed thankfully, but it was so, I was so ashamed and so embarrassed and I was such a good student, but I feel like people would say this chick's so dumb. She took three tries to pass her NCLEX. She's going to be a shitty nurse because of it. And I know that's just not true. Mm -hmm. I know I'm a kick-ass Pete's ICU nurse. And I know you're a kick-ass NICU nurse. It doesn't matter because I'm not answering questions for my job. I'm critically right. thinking and taking care of a patient. Yep. You know, there's a huge difference in that. And I always talk about all my stories. 
I'd like to end the stigma of saying I passed my NCLEX in 75 questions. Yes. I don't give a shit. Thank you. I don't, I don't care if you pass your NCLEX in 75 questions. I work with plenty of nurses that have lost their jobs or have chosen to move on to work in different environments because they are not good nurses and they brag about passing their NCLEX in 75 questions. That's not what defines you as a nurse. And you saying that might be something you're proud of and that's amazing for you, but you're shaming other people who maybe took 260 questions to pass their NCLEX or maybe they didn't pass the first time. So I think it's, I think it's just something that needs to end in my opinion. Well, I think the testing environment and Tori and I spoke on this in a different podcast just about how testing doesn't really serve you well in the actual field. And as someone like I teach nursing school and honestly, I go through every class and I'll give my lectures and I'll be like, this is what I'm teaching you from the textbook to pass the test and to pass NCLEX, but I'm also going to tell you things so that you don't look like an idiot when you graduate. (laughs) And I literally, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't talk like this, but I say that. I'm like, I'm going to tell you, here's just some real world knowledge about this topic because you're going to graduate and you're not going to actually have useful information to help you be a nurse because everyone just taught you how to pass NCLEX or taught you how to pass a test. And then you get on the job and you don't know anything. And so I'm like, yeah, yeah. But it's hard. Like I have to, they have to pass my tests to get through and everything like that because they take all the like ATI and all the other crap. But I'm like, okay, but I like can't have it on my conscience that I've like released you into the world without actually giving you some real world knowledge. So I'm like, all right, here's textbook world and here's real life nursing world. And I'm like, "Eh, I'm just going to get fired one day probably for that. But. It's like, needs, it, but it's no, not. There needs to be, yeah, yeah. There but it is like I do it, like and that. in the back yeah, of my I mind, I'm like, I'm gonna get in trouble for this, but I do it anyways. Yeah. I'm just like, if you guys rat me out, I swear to God. But I'm like, no, I'm, help me help you, because I really yeah. do go off the script a lot. But I'm like, I want to at least know that I've like released you into the world of nursing, preparing you for the reality of it, and the reality of it is not NCLEX. I feel like it's so outdated, and that needs to be more common because. I would say solidly 90% of my nursing knowledge and skills did not come until after I was a licensed Uh nurse. On the job. On the job. Orientation. It's just because, and and you know what? I even feel like, yeah, I've only been a nurse since 2017. So, you know, four years, but so much has changed Mm -hmm. since then that I get students every day. I'm not allowed to do that. I can't do that. I'm not allowed to do that. My school says I can't do that. And I'm like, you're learning to put IVs and cucumbers on Zoom right now, and I'm trying to help you do yeah. skills. And even some of these nursing school instructors have barely been a nurse or they've never been a bedside nurse. And I'm like, I'm trying to help you, but it makes me a little bit nervous about this new generation coming in the field. And I don't feel like it's their fault at all. There's yeah. nothing they can do about it. They follow their school rules. And obviously with COVID, there's been issues with being face-to-face or with clinicals. But I'm like – it's not just a test you take to start yeah. your career. Like there's lots of things that come with that, but it starts after you're a nurse. I also think so. what's interesting that because so Sam started your career in 2011 mm-hmm. and I started in 2013. And since then, the change, this metamorphosis of what's happening is it is insane. Like how different mm-hmm. it was for us. Even the orientation process of being a new grad. Yes. Oh. Completely different. Our new grad experience was like <laughs> sink or swim. Literally brutal. <laughs> we had we had 
some of the toughest. I would say I we had some of the toughest preceptors. preceptors. But you know what? They made us really fucking good nurses. Yeah. They did. Yep. And that's how it should be. That's how it should be. And when I was um, orienting in PICU, I was really lucky to get one of the most senior PICU nurses that we have there. Her name, her name's Lindsay. She's amazing. And she's one of my closest friends. And she's one of those people that you meet and you're like, are you mad at me? Like she just, she just is scary. She puts off Sam vibes. (laughs) She just, she just has like the RBF, but, and she's intimidating because she is the most knowledgeable fucking nurse I've ever met in my life. Like She's, I tell her all the time, like, if my babies were in PICU, you. I would make oh, you yep. be their nurse. Mm-hmm. So I was yeah. so fortunate to have her for my entire 12-week orientation when I was new in PICU. And I had her every single shift. I was never passed off to anybody else. And now it's like, we'll get a, a PICU nurse that's been there for like six months to a mm-hmm. year. And yep. they're already mm-hmm. precepting. Yep. And there's been meetings with like management. Like, I don't think they're ready enough to be on their own. Maybe we should extend their time and they'll literally be like, we don't have staffing. We don't have a choice. That's the new norm. I would say even at the hospital where we learned same thing. Yes. And it's, it's, Oh, it it makes me cringe. It's really tough. It's tough. Well, then the problem is, is that they're orient in a year from then they're teaching the new people. And I'm like, so you have new people who were taught by new people teaching new people. Yeah, it just passed down. Yeah, but it's like getting diminished each uh, time because it's like their training wasn't up to par because they were trained by someone new. And then the new people they trained are going to be training someone new. And it's like we've lost that. I I think the turnover is just crazy. How much more more it was. Like when we started, the turnover was not nearly It didn't exist. It didn't exist. Like literally we were on nights together for three and a half years, literally because no one moved. There was no movement from days to nights. It took us two years to go to every. So we used to be every other weekend. And I remember it was like a privilege when we went to every third weekend because we had enough seniority. And it like you were kind of waiting like, all right, we haven't hired anyone in so long. We only had like two new grads start in this next cohort. Like our preceptors had easily 10 years experience. Easily. Yeah. And now, you know, it's unfortunate. I don't know. I mean, we talk about this a lot and, you know, we're all in this healthcare space together on social media. Like something's got to change because people are, you know, they get their experience and then they dip. They're like, bye. I don't want to stick around for X, Y, and Z or... You know, uh, they just, I think the focus on not grooming and supporting nurses in the beginning is just, that's, it seems like it's getting lost. I'm curious, um, maybe to tap into a little bit of your PICU life, like what drew you into mm-hmm. PICU and, you know, how did that all come to be? Well, I've always been obsessed with kids and my entire nursing school life, I said, I want to be a NICU nurse. <laughs> And so that was my plan. I said, I'm going to be a NICU nurse. I was like, you know, little nursing school me. Everyone's like, L&D or NICU. <laughs> and um, totally, that's what they all say, right? All, all the ladies. So I knew I didn't want to do adults. I was like, Ugh. ew, yeah, no, no not a chance. Nope. And so when I did my clinical and I was in NICU, I just didn't – it just didn't spark for me. And I think that's because – I just was like these little blob humans who <laughs> speak it, sister. Like, speak I, it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I love, I mean, you know, I work with newborns all the time and pick you, but I just didn't feel a connection with them um, compared to when I went to pick you. And I was like, okay, I'll get my baby cuddles. And, you know, I still work with babies that are hours old, but I also get to connect with toddlers and adolescents and, you know, we're an extremely critical unit. So we get, you know, really sick kids that are, you know, 16, 17, and maybe, you know, after they're extubated, I can connect with them. And, you know, maybe they made a poor choice of why they're there. It could be, you know, OD or family life or suicide attempt. And, and I love just connecting with them and seeing, you know, why they're in this place in their life and hopefully I can help them. But then, you know, also get my babies that I get to cuddle on and bottle feed and love on them. So I just feel like it's, it's the best of both worlds. I can honestly say I, I genuinely loved my time, my seven, eight years in the NICU and cherished them. But now that I do transport, she loves I like peds better than NICU. Yeah. Shh, don't tell yeah. my former NICU yeah. people. I love my babies and forever and the ones that I like am still in contact with and everything. But I I like yeah. taking care of peds patients better than NICU now that I've been doing it three years. It's so yeah. I'd rather go on a PICU because we – well, I do neo, peds neonatal transport and I okay. – so I go on NICUs still, but – I would rather go on a pick you call than a Nick you call any day now. I, I used to have a tantrum when I had to flip. Oh, to absolutely. You. She hated it. I would she like, was like, no. I would cry almost in the elevator. Yeah. I'd oh, be yeah. like, <sighs> she would have like, like hyperventilating uh-huh. moments. And then now I'm like, I would much rather go on a pick you call than a Nick you. Um, so last year I did, I took on PEDS critical care float pole. So I worked pick you CV oncology, all the things. And honestly, it's so interesting to me because first of all, the dynamics in PICU, such a different kind of nursing. I learned so much, even just as a, you know, critical care float. So I'm not getting like the sickest, sickest patients, but dang, the the patient load, so much different one. And two, I love the dynamics. Two of the patients that I cared for then, I'm still in contact with their families and I freaking love them. The kids are so much fun. It, you're right. It's such a different dynamic being able to bond with them and like listening to Sam's stories of some of the things that her kids say to her, oh my it's God, hysterical. So <laughs> it's so oh, funny. Yeah. They're so funny. So funny. Can I throw shade at NICU nurses? Go. It's fine. We're taking it. Hey, we are self-aware. <laughs> I, I was a NICU nurse. Podcast. I worked self-aware. in the NICU eight years. Okay. This isn't their NICU nurses. I I was born and raised. Very smart. <laughs> Here it comes. Very smart smart ass fucking people you know we get kids on ECMO in NICU so I'm not knocking the acuity of NICU but a NICU one-to-one versus a PEDS ICU one-to-one yep that PEDS ICU one absolutely will have you spinning spinning compared to a NICU one-to-one I I could do a NICU one-to-one with my eyes closed eating at the nurse's station while I chart like no offense I'm just saying a pick you one to one is like mind blowingly the high level of acuity and critical care is like, sorry, NICU, it's next level. I would agree (laughs) as someone who I'm back in NICU. And some of the shifts that I had. You're like, this kid's so sick. I'm like, that kid is sick. Yeah, but like, it's different. It's like, 
still stable sick. I don't know. It, unstable PICU is like when you have an IJ, wild. a Broviac, yes. and all the things, and all your drips, and, and you have like a and you know femline. Oh and a yeah, I all these. was so overwhelmed, you know, and it was good for me though. It was like whoo, like this whole new experience, and I have mad respect. It's really funny too, Avery, because I'm like. You always look so good on your stories when you're at work. I'm like, how do you look so put together? I'm like, dang, girl, you work in Picky. Like, when I was working in Picky, I looked like a haggard, just, like, you know, mowed over, half-dead person. There's a reason why I wear a hat oh to gosh. work, because I'm, like, always look, like, Yeah, you always look so haggard. cute. Honestly, I think it's because the women that I work with are a different breed. They're all, like, stunning. And... We know I, that culture. You know... Yes. And honestly, like I've shared my work makeup on Instagram. I just, it just makes me feel better. Slap on some tinted moisturizer and some mascara. And I did used to have eyelash extensions for like four years. So that did help me a lot. Now I have to take the extra five minutes to put on mascara. It's very annoying, but (laughs) I just look dead inside at work. It's it's my aesthetic. It's my aesthetic. You know what though? I'm on your level. Avery, I, I do. I feel like I'm the look good, feel good person. Lately, I have not been mm-hmm. as into that. And I need to get back into that. So you're getting me inspired. Thank you. I need to get back into this. It does make me feel better. Even on a hard day, I'm like, well, you know, my day's really shitty, but at least I look all right. Okay. <laughs> That's how I feel like going to the gym. I'm like, oh, lift good, look good, lift good. Yep. Yes. People yep. are like, why do you wear makeup to the gym? I'm like, because oh, I want to look, look hot at the gym. <laughs> Is there a problem with yeah, that? I- but what you were saying about the acuity, it's true. Like I, you know, say we get like a 15, 16 year old, they can be totally full size, like adult size. But so we're doing peds critical care, but then they're all also on a ton mm-hmm. of drips that you would see like in an adult ICU. So yeah, because I had to take ACLS to yep. be on transport. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What made you, I, I mean, because the number one question I think that you, me, and Sam kind of all get collectively is like, why go pick you, Nick you, or like LND? Like, what's your answer to all, like, what's your tip for People that? are always like, I'm torn between them. Which one should I do? Right. I'm like, whichever uh, one you're okay. fucking called to do. I don't know. I can't yeah. tell you how to live your life, bro. <laughs> yeah. And the issue, too, that I've seen now is a lot of... Um, nursing students are not getting a broad spectrum of clinical. So they mm-hmm. literally don't know what yeah. the difference is or like why they would choose one or, uh, over the other. So I would say for NICU PICU comparison, kind of what I said. So if you're drawn more to neonates and you like babies um, and that kind of aspect, then I think that would be more your realm. Um, and then also NICU is much more clean whereas pick you is considered quote dirty so yeah you're gonna get a broad spectrum of you know i've gotten babies that are a couple hours old from a birthing center you know all the way to age 17 but they're also gonna you know have rsv or rhinovirus or whatever they could have that is more contagious so you know that's a different a different thing compared to NICU PICU. And then as for L&D, I would say you're more in contact with an adult because mm-hmm. when the baby's born, they're going to postpartum. Yeah. yeah. So if you like babies, you, you really know, shouldn't do L&D. Absolutely. Yes. You see them I for You see the baby for an hour, less yes. than that. And I'm like, you see them and it's beautiful and it's a lovely birth. But as soon as that baby's out and healthy, like they're out of there. So you're more caring for the mother. And when they're in labor... Um, which I think is 
you know, amazing. But I think if someone's like a really bubbly, encouraging type of person that's like, you got this, you know, I'm just not that type of person, obviously, when I'm like, you got this. <laughs> it's just not me. Same. It's just not me. Like I like my patients intubated, Dieters. sedated. Yeah. Same, like, or girl. talking I'm like fentanyl drip. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Vecum just yeah, for good so. measure. <laughs> really right. Keep them down. Propofol. See, this is what I love about peds ICU now. I never got to use propofol in the NICU. Oh, propofol dude, is my I shit. Love some I love very, some propofol. very rarely ever vec oh. anything unless it's for like if you're doing like a subtostomy oh. or like oh. unless you're See, like peds even ICU on ECMO. is where it's at now. Yeah. Propofol yeah. is like no, ketamine. I love, I love ketamine. I love me some vec. Yeah. yeah. Ketamine, ketamine vec. Ketamine vec. <laughs> rock. Propofol. Yeah. Oh, rock yeah. and roll, for baby. Sure. That's rock and roll. For sure. Yeah. For sure. When I'm like, oh, my patient's gonna be exmate today, I'm like, oh, good for them, but not good for me. <laughs> yeah. Turn off all your drips. Then you're gonna start waking up. I'm and, gonna have to restrain. And pick you, you Presidex is just like a little sprinkle on top, too. Yeah. Oh, girl. It's yeah, like, yeah. Everyone, yeah, press, yeah, everyone. just doot, 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 where it's like yep. in, the, in the NICU, it's like you're begging and pleading. Beg for, for Dex. We have to beg. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Although yeah. we're using a little bit um, more than we we never used to. We use used it. to never, never. No, but in PICU, no. it's just like, all right, you just throw it up and everyone gets it. <laughs> you get Dex. Yeah. You get some Dex. Yeah. You get Dex. <laughs> it's the best. I gotta say, yeah, awesome. PICU drugs are where it's at. Absolutely. It's like the culture in your unit. I like hearing a little bit about that because I feel like you've got a good vibe. Oh, there's a lot to say about that. So right now, I would say. As for staffing and management, it's really shitty. So, you know, they made the vaccine mandatory by November 1st. And this is a very conservative state. There are a lot of people that are against that, uh, which is a whole nother topic I don't really talk about. So we're losing a lot of staff. And, you know, there's issues with management when it comes to turnover for them not accommodating schedules to loyal employees because we're short staffed because people are quitting because they are unable to work full time being parents or whatever the case. Um, and then also, you know, during the COVID peaks, our unit was required to up our age to age 25 mm -hmm. and take yeah. those adults. We had up to age 29. Mm -hmm. We did up to 29. It so was wild. So here's the issue with that, though, is that our hospital was giving bonuses to adult ICU that were working with COVID, and they refused to give PICU nurses that bonus when we were treating adults that oh, were COVID positive no. and also tons of kids that were COVID positive. I'm like, excuse me, they might not be adults, but they're still COVID positive. I'm sorry. And we're but treating them. Every single thing you're saying right now could not be more spot on with every single thing that's going on right now. I don't get it. Yeah. Like, what is, can management start getting their heads out of their asses? Like, yep. think no, logically. And think long term. Logic, because, because most management have never been bedside ICU nurses or picky nurses. Like, they don't know what's going well, on. Well, even if they have. The higher ups yeah. are the ones that make these calls. And it's just like, yes. what? This is why, you know, the culture of what's going on, like everything you're saying from like even scheduling, like, come on, you got to work with people here. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the issue that we've been seeing. And, you know, I was 
from the time I was pregnant with Stevie during the first surge till I gave birth to her, and I worked up until five days before I gave birth. I was working with COVID. Wow, champion! I was, girl. I, I was unvaccinated because I had COVID in November, and then I didn't get my vaccine until I was on maternity leave. So I'm like, I was literally five days away from my C-section, and my last shift, I still had a COVID positive patient. I was given patients like a full-grown adults one time I had a patient load where one of my patients was 400 pounds my other patient was 300 pounds and I was pregnant like seven months pregnant and they were both COVID positive and I'm like there and and my fellow nurses were like volunteering to trade my assignment with me because they're like that's unacceptable and you know it's our nurses are amazing and we're all we're such a close-knit group and a good family but we're all just burnt out because of what else is going on. And it makes me sad that so many amazing nurses in our family unit are leaving because management cannot pull their head out of their ass. And like, we don't want you to leave because you want to work less. I know you can find a job elsewhere, but we just can't accommodate you. I'm like, you can't accommodate losing me one shift every two weeks. But, but you're going to deal with losing me permanently. It's like deal with one shift or lose me forever. Yep. And then you're going to complain that you don't have staff because you're hiring new grads that don't know what they're doing. So it's just. I'm glad yeah, to hear this, to be honest, because we're all going through this and it's all the same issues over and over and it's over. Everywhere. I do it's not understand. It's across the country. It's everywhere. It's, you know, patient ratios. It's you're not compensating us for our time. It's look like work with us on our schedules. I know one of my hospitals is th- that's a huge thing right now. It's like you are set to this schedule and it's like, it doesn't make sense. It literally doesn't make sense. You would rather lose a full-time nurse who's going to go somewhere else, give all their skills, all those hours, all those years of experience you're willing to lose them completely uh, yeah I mean we're everyone's going through these things and it's just it's sort of reassuring to hear that it's also happening with you but, but it's sad because it's like what I don't even know what the answer is because it's like well upper management and middle management need to figure it start people everywhere need to start figuring it out because you know and then you have the issue too of like okay you're losing staff and then you're hiring all these travelers who have no idea what they're doing or they come oh, in yeah you know and then they're getting paid triple quadruple what your staff is being made. Of course, staff is going to get mad about that. And then you're not going to raise their pay or give them bonuses. Or a lot of good staff are at the point now, and I don't blame them, where they're like, why, if I'm doing the work of three people, I might as well travel, do the same work, and get paid for the actual three times the pay rate that I should be getting. They're like, why why would I not at this point? Yeah. So people are, they were losing staff to travelers or to go travel, I mean. Yeah. Yep. And we see that all the time where we'll, we'll sit next to somebody that's making 6K a week and they're getting floor assignments like for floor kids instead of a high acuity assignment because A, they don't have enough experience or B, they just straight up lied and said, yeah, I have this experience because they want the paycheck. And that's really, really frustrating because they want to accommodate their core staff to stay and then they wonder why they all leave yeah that seems to be big issues everywhere i mean it's you know relatable Mm -hmm. um so i would like to touch into a little bit more of your social media because that's obviously how we found you or you know we met okay this is the part that Mm -hmm. like i love about social media like these these are the things that i love like connecting with people like you because i think this is just so fun i love everything that you're doing and so i think it'd be fun to do um should we do rapid fire yeah 
Okay, so I know you did it. I think it's my turn. Uh, here we go. I know. I, w- I need to update my resume. Okay. Well, well what are you going to use, Sam? All right. So you use Resume RX. I did. Tell me, tell me about it. Give me the deets. Um, it's exceptionally sexy. Let me tell you guys. <laughs> so this is the best way to stand out in your job search. We are talking fill in the blank solutions for your resume and cover letter. We've talked about it so many times here. Resume RX. If you guys use code SELFIE, C-E-L-L-F-I-E at checkout, you are going to get 20% off of your order. You can use this for the online courses, templates, and resources for both nurses, nurse practitioners. You can use these resumes if you're an RT, if you're a PA, if you're an NP, doesn't matter. These are applicable for any of you guys in the healthcare setting. Again, head over to ResumeRx.com, use code SELFIE, C-E-L-L-F-I-E at checkout and get 20% off of your order. Okay, so when is your first night shift back? It is coming up in a week. Ooh, oh my god! You better you better get ready, girl. Yeah. So you know I'm gonna be using that Beam Dream, you guys. Beam creates the highest quality functional supplements for better balance, energy, recovery, and of course sleep. So you know I'm gonna be taking about two scoops of that Beam Dream about 30 minutes before I hit the pillow. I'm thinking a little, you know, almond milk with that. It's absolutely delicious. Sam prefers the pills. I do. I don't like to drink things, but the capsules work amazingly. Absolutely. So if you guys are interested in trying out Beam, head over to beamtlc.com and use code SELFIE15. That's C-E-L-L-F-I-E 15 for 15% off your order. Again, that's beamtlc.com, code SELFIE, C-E-L-L-F-I-E 15, and get 15% off to get that dream on. Okay. So Shoot, we're going to girl. Shoot. All right. Okay. So I actually feel like this might turn into like a little bit more than a rapid fire, but um cuz I feel like we should probably answer too. Oh. Okay. I think we should do a three-way. Like we'll do three-way a tra- yeah, a three-way. I'm always down for threesomes. I love it. I do work swing shift now. I'm a swinger. <laughs> love that for you mm-hmm. girl i love that for you okay Sweet shift is where it's at um this one we can't answer but we're gonna go with this one okay first one biggest myth about sex after po- being postpartum that it isn't the same anymore i just can say because of hormone changes you know it's it's hard to get wet anymore and that's kind mm. of true but then after a couple times and you're fine and then it's great you work it out Love that. Speaking of which, yeah. let's do this. Best lube um, product or tip that you have. I use just the straight water-based KY because I have super sensitive skin. And so I don't like any like the scented, tingly, weird ones. It's like super cheap, mm-hmm. just very hypoallergenic, simple. Okay. I know Tori's answer. Yes. Woo-loo. We got to get you. I'm going to send you some, girl. You're going to love it. Please. It's like natural. Send it's all natural. Yeah. Girl, it's coconut based. Okay. Tori loves how it tastes. It literally tastes like freaking frosting. So you're welcome. It's going to taste really? like dessert. Oh, girl, it tastes so good. Ooh. Also, they make um, Ooh, travel that. packets. Yeah, they, they make like, <laughs> like they look like um soy sauce packets, but they make like little loops. Yeah, like, it's you know, shove one in your purse. Yeah. You never know. You never know you never when you're going to need it. Hell yeah, yeah, we got a, they Hell sent us yeah. a box of the little packets yeah. and I was like, I'm taking this, Tori. I just stole it. I'm down. Woo, Lube. Need to get you. We're gonna hook you up. They also have a really great vibrator, which I told my husband for my birthday that I really want. So October, yeah, it's coming up. It's coming up. I'm I'm so down. We're gonna have to hook you up with that. Okay. Um, have you ever had your nipples pierced? Yes. 
Oh, did it hurt? It was my favorite piercing, favorite piercing of all time. I took them out um, when I was pregnant with Ziggy, so it healed in time to breastfeed. And as soon as I'm done breastfeeding Stevie, I'm getting them repierced. Okay. Oh, I love that for you. Is it hurt? Oh, they're amazing. Boobs hurt just when I'm like wearing a sports bra on my period. I was scary. No, one of my really good friends wanted hers pierced, and I literally went with her like two weeks ago as her wing woman to get hers pierced, and now she's like obsessed with them. So I'm making all my friends get their nipples pierced. It's awesome. <laughs> I want to do it now. Damn it. Oh my gosh. Do it. Yeah. Let me know. Do it. Dude, do it first. It's such right. a sexy, like, secret piercing because, like, no one knows. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm like, it. a big yeah. fan of, like, my nude pictures. I just feel like that might spice it up. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I oh, love that for one. sure. Hmm. You can, like, get hmm. diamonds. David got me opals that match my belly button piercing. Ooh. They're super cute. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. How long did it take for them to heal? Yeah. It wasn't bad. It was easier than like a cartilage piercing on my ear. I would say maybe like four weeks. Okay. I love this. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't bad. All right. You're getting me motivated. Um, best tip for someone in a sex slump? Um, have more of it. I always tell people the more you have it, the more you're going to get in like routine and figure out things that you like more. So you might have to force yourself at first, but I feel like the more you have it, the more you want it. If you don't have it, I feel like you're like, don't really want it because you're not missing out. But then when the more you have it, you're like, that was good. Need more. more of that. Yes. And you, I feel like you never regret it. You never look back like, oh, I wish I didn't have sex. No, no <laughs> one says that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, weirdest place you've had sex? Um, in a movie theater parking lot in the car. Mm, that's a good one. And we left the lights on like a bunch of idiots. So our car literally was shaking and I was like, why is everyone looking? Yeah, because the freaking headlights were on. <laughs> Such am- amateurs. <laughs> Amateur hour over here. What about you, Sam? Hmm. I know mine. Bathroom of a restaurant? Oh, that's a good oh, one. Oh, that's hot. I like that one. And then someone started knocking on the door. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> <laughs> oh no we're like get, minute and then you have to do the walk of shame because you both have to walk out because it was like someone that worked there yes oh. and it was like you're both walking out you worked there no i didn't work there i've never worked at a restaurant. oh god the worker the worker it. knocked on the door after it had been like yeah a while yeah but then it's like you That's both awesome. have to exit the bathroom yeah. like do to do i love that yeah good time to do here yeah. i am I was in outside a house in Havasu. It was just like straight outside. We were just like, we're just doing it right now. Like, just did it. That's awesome. Love a good balcony. Yeah, it was fabulous. How do you keep up with a partner who has a high sex drive? Well, I think there's always compromise, you know. I feel like you have to kind of balance each other out where there might be times where you want to have sex and they don't, but they do and vice versa. So I feel like... It's important to be honest and sometimes you're not up for it and need some rest and that you guys can have a conversation and say, hey, I'm not up for it. But then there's also times where, you know, you kind of have to put on a, a show and act like you want it and you really don't just because it's strengthening your relationship. So I would just say consider balance and that both of you are understanding of what you both want. I was going to say, I'm the partner with the high sex show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, keep up. Let's go. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on chop, now. chop. Choppity chop. I would say our dynamic changed a little tiny bit. Like, I have a high sex drive, but just lately I've been exhausted. So I'm finding that I have to, like, mentally get over that hump. I have to, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm feeling throw some very. Lube on and call. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or throw on a little, you know, a little porn moment or just get in the mood, like, lube yourself up a little, yeah. you know? 
think it is like yeah, a sure. compromise communication situation though. For sure. Like sometimes it's okay to communicate like not today's not the day. And sometimes you got to just take one for the team. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Or it's you know true. what? I'm a it's really true. big fan of blowjobs. I'm like, you know what? I'll just do I'd it. I'd say you're a generous blowjob. I am. Res- giver. Yeah, because if I'm that. me too. I'm like, you know what? Mm, yeah, t- tonight feels like a blowjob night. So we're gonna go with that. You're a better woman yeah, than I am. Because honestly, sometimes it's less work. Yes. Like I don't I don't really want to Sam go disagrees the thing sometimes. So I'm sometimes selfish. oral is just the best option. Or a- anal. Anal is always a good option too. Oh God. Okay. So this is the one thing I please give me all your anal <laughs> tips. I need all the anal tips I can okay, get because you have the woo lube already. I do, but like Okay, that was the one thing also because this is TMI. We're already TMI, TMI, but whatever. My husband is fucking huge. That going up my asshole is really like just, I, you guys. I literally love you so much. I just like don't understand. Like, I don't know. It's just, it terrifies me. It's the prep. You know, you're never just going to be ready for a dick in your ass. Like, you're (laughs) never just ready. It's like the preparation Okay, beforehand here we go. Yes. is yeah. Key. And when you when you're first doing it before you're used to it, like you cannot be sober. I'm just letting you know. Like you need okay, a good thank solid you. buzz. I'm okay. not I'm not saying like drunk, but like yeah. the first time I did anal, I was like two solid glasses of wine in, like riding okay. a good buzz. Yeah. Then you want to have vaginal first. Don't let them finish, but like you want to be like into it ready. Um, get a vibrator. Okay. Put it on your clip because then you're like relaxed because you can't clench or else it's going to be super uncomfortable. Right. My husband always says, if you think you have enough lube, double it. Triple it. Okay. Quadruple it. There is no such thing as like your enough. Your ass has no lubrication. None. Yeah, your ass has no And lubrication. even when it goes in, so it like half of it kind of wipes off. Okay. So it's yes. like, yeah. Okay. Yes. So honestly, what you really need to do is like fingers with lube first, get yes. in there, okay. prep the stage. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yep. Okay. Like this. Honestly, I love that flex for you though. Your husband's hung like a horse. Like good for you. My husband's six five, so I feel you. It's one of the first things I knew about Jacob. I knew that about Jacob before I ever met Jacob. That's amazing. So I had to meet him being like, this guy has a big wiener. Yeah. <laughs> In my head, like, nice to meet you. In my head, he's got a big wiener. Well, this is funny, Avery, because my okay, so we went to U of A. We're both, we went, we were both Wildcats. He played baseball, Mm -hmm. and the running, his nickname in college was the Hebrew Hammer. That's amazing. It's amazing. Imagine getting to have such a cool ass nickname. Okay, but I also want to know this. We're going back to anal. I want to know, okay, are you. Like, okay, fearful of pooping, because this is where my head's going. Are we doing a cleanse? Are we not doing a cleanse? I was at first, and then I, like, found this ebook online. Like, my husband told me his fetish is anal, and I told him I would never do it. And I, I have a big ass, so everyone's always wanting to do anal. And I said, absolutely not. Feel your pain, girl. So then <laughs> I read this book online from this, like, PhD sex educator whatever and she talked about like how to have it safely and to not tear and like amazing tips and talked about there's a whole section about pooping and how that's like concerning to people basically if you have a regular bowel regimen it's not going to happen to you i've never Never. douched i've never cleaned myself out i've literally never done that and i've never ever in the how long 
seven years I've been doing anal. I've never had an awkward, uncomfortable, like embarrassing situation. Never. Me neither. Never. I've never smelled anything like nothing like that. Okay. This is good to know. Yeah, I never. like this. Yeah. Should we do it in a hotel? I feel like maybe doing it in a hotel is like. Ooh, that'd be hot. That'd be hot. Okay. This is maybe like birthday goals. All right. Lube. Honestly, okay. the combo of oral, okay. but fingers in the ass. Okay getting you ready yeah like, is, like that yeah. has to happen or it's okay. not you're you cannot gain access okay. that's like your yeah. token it i like token. i like a little that's rim your- job like when we're you know yeah a good way to do it is if you're in doggy style he's in you use a vibrator on your clit and then he can kind of like mess with his thumb a little bit to kind of like get you Loosen there i feel mm-hmm. like that's a good a also good position matters point. though too if he's like obviously big I still will not like I'm real hesitant to let someone do that from the back because I don't have any control mm. over oh. the entry and yeah. the timing or anything. Yeah. So I honestly prefer to be on my back because then I can still have some sort of control of how oh, far they can go yeah. in or how fat like yeah. it, it helps you control the situation. So you're not just getting fucking rammed in the ass. OK, you know versus saying? I actually and love that. you. If you do missionary off the edge of the bed, his pelvis mm-hmm, will kind of mm-hmm. rub up against your clit. That is game. Yeah. Mm, oh, I like so that. So that is really, really good. Yeah. That was like one of my favorites when we were first starting because I wasn't like fully ready to trust him. And then vibrator while it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. This is genius. I love this. Okay. You're welcome, everyone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, love this. You're welcome. You're welcome. Everyone, all the anal tips. <laughs> Okay, would you ever do a threesome? Already have. Which time? Oh, queen. I love it. Okay, wait. Uh, how many times? Are we, wait, is this a regular thing? Like, when are we? I want to know. I, I couldn't know. even count. Oh, I love that. Okay, wait, but how do you choose your partner? Um, Most of them were kind of spur of the moment, to be honest. Mm. Are they female? Like, not really planned. Most of them female? Both. Okay. We've done both. I love this for you guys. Oh, my God. Mm. We've talked about this. Yeah, we were a little intoxicated, but not to the point where I like woke up and regretted it. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a, I'm not a dumb drunk. Like if I'm really drunk and I feel like I'm going to make a decision, I'm going to regret in the morning. A good buzz just brings out what you already wanted to do. Right. Yes. And it also bring makes, I can still make rational decisions where I know like, eh, if I'm like kind of teetering, I don't know if this is going to be a good idea. I don't know if I'm going to regret it in the morning. I'm probably not going to do it, but Okay. All was well. It was fun. And it was with people that we like know personally and trust. And they're That's still very ask. close friends. It's not weird. People are always like, isn't that so weird? How can you like still associate with them? I'm like, it's fine. Honestly, that's probably better. I don't know. I just, um, did you guys have conversations about it prior? Like, was it something or yeah. like, okay. Yeah, we had talked about it um, just because he's like, would you ever be open that? And I'm like. I don't know. Like, I don't think you really know until you're there and you, like, see each other involved with other people to know if it would, like, bother you. And I feel mm-hmm. like after the first time, if if it was a hard no, then it would be a hard no. We would never do it again. And we both have a mutual understanding and respect for each other where, you know, if I was jealous or he was jealous, then we wouldn't do it again. But I feel like we had such a strong foundation in our marriage and we had been together for so long that I knew nothing would come from it. It was just like a fun experimental thing. And then, yeah. Ooh, love this. Okay. 
getting motivated mm-hmm. here. Hmm. Okay. Um, we need some tips for sexy lingerie. Do you have um your favorite companies or brands or go tos or things that you love? I'm so lame. All my lingerie is from Victoria's Secret. And honestly, I feel like it's just because I always go in during the semi-annual sale and I buy like a ton of shit because it's really hard for me to spend like $150, $200 on a set like that I'm not going to wear multiple times. And David's always like, I prefer you naked anyways, but it just makes me feel good. So I always go to Victoria's Secret during the sales and I'll get like a couple things, but I've never bought lingerie anywhere else. Do you guys have a place? Honestly, no. I'll buy shit online. I mean, honestly. Yeah. I don't shop for anything in store anywhere. We don't. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I even think like to bathing suits. I'm so I'm so reliant on Victoria's Secret, which I hate about. I hate about myself. Like I can't think of another store where like I just loved. It's just easy. And yeah. Fredericks actually. Actually, you know who has cute stuff is um, Fenty. Oh, really? Have you looked? No, oh, I, yes. Yeah. I have seen them online. Mm hmm. Okay, we'll have to try that. Yeah, and it's like super affordable. Okay, yeah, super cute. that's okay. a good tip. I like that. Hmm. Yeah, we're kind of, I'm kind of boring in that way, but we'll have to try that. Um, okay, toys. What's your favorite one? What's something that we all need in that bedside drawer? Well, I always link it on Saucy Saturday, but I love this one vibrator from Amazon. It's like a wand. And it's so funny because it's like 20 bucks. But my husband bought me this vibrator. It's like over $100. So overrated. And it just does not cut it for me. Mm. I love my Amazon wand. It's strong. <laughs> it's easy to fit around when we're like getting it on. It's okay. just so good. I literally, if you look up on Amazon women's vibrator, it's like one of the first ones. It's pink and it's like a wand looking one. Okay. So this is a good Amazon tip. It's my fave. Also butt plugs. Butt plugs are fun. Oh, butt plugs. I haven't done that. We gotta do that. I haven't done much of an anal stuff. We gotta get into. That's actually a good. That's a good introduction before anal. Is there's like these little mini baby butt plugs, and they have like jewels on it, so it looks really cute. And he would be like, "Holy shit!" (laughs) Um, But you put that in first, and then it'll kind of like get you warmed up. Okay. Okay. We're gonna get. We're gonna get on that. We should link these all in the bio. (laughs) We're gonna link all these. Yeah, seriously. Troy's gonna have a good birthday in October. I am. We're just going to, you know what? Here we go. Um, Okay. What are your best relationship or marriage tips? Especially with, because you have kids. So there's like big, a lot of, yeah. a lot of things here. Well, I kind of touched on that earlier where I said that it's important to put your marriage and your relationship first. And yes, of course, you know, when we're together as a family, our kids are priority, but we also make it a priority to spend time together and have conversations and you know we'll have rules where you know we put our phone down for dinner or when we're we're on a date we're not on our phone like we want to connect and catch up about our lives and you know you forget that in your everyday life you're just kind of going 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 and so it's important for us to make time for ourselves or go on a double date with our friends and you know when the kids are napping hang up at the pool or when they're down for bed we watch a show together or a movie and just try to cuddle you know Stuff like that. I just think simple things like making time for each other is important because sometimes you can like disconnect and forget why you fell in love in the first place. Mm-hmm. Love that. 
So before we, because I just think this is like really important and I love, I, I know you've talked about it before and it's like the, the thing that weighs on all of us so heavy. So the idea of, do I go back to school? Do I not? I know you've spoken a little bit about your nurse practitioner or like your thoughts mm-hmm. on maybe becoming nurse practitioner or things that you want to move into. Um, but I think we all kind of like go through those ups and downs. Can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah. So I was accepted into an FNP program. And the reason I chose FNP was because I work with a lot of NPs and PEDS. And they actually told me not to do PEDS NP. They said that it was too narrow and that I wouldn't be able to get as many jobs. Whereas FNP, I could still work in PEDS, but I'd have more job opportunity. Um, I deferred it three times. And I just actually withdrew myself from the program like last month I was supposed to start September this month and I chose not to I just I've always been I've always had a goal in my mind like since before I was in nursing school that I was going to be a CRNA or an NP and CRNA was just not for me I shadowed them I thought it was so boring I'm like this is not worth the money I don't even like talk to my patients they're snoring the whole time plus I'm not going out of state for clinicals for two years and then I was like, well, I can do NP. And I feel like I just had it so engraved in my brain that that was my plan and I had to do it that I didn't ever work as a nurse and know like maybe I'm happy where I'm at and I am. And I can't imagine leaving PICU to work like a nine to five office job. That's not critical care. And I don't want to take on three years of student loans to do that. And then also speaking totally like open, um, I make way more money on social media than I ever would as a nurse practitioner. And I work with so many nurses that are, that have finished their MP program or are starting it or are getting job offers or wherever they're at. And I talk to them and I'm like, okay, this is my life. This is what's going on. And I work part-time. So I only work two days a week as a bedside nurse and I do my social media on the side. And it's not like depending on how many deals I get, that's how much money like I'm contracted with some brand. So it's a set amount every month. And then obviously, you know, my links or whatever other brand deals I do, but they're making barely more than I'm making as a bedside ICU nurse, plus having student loans and then not doing social media like I'm doing. And they're like, girl, don't do it. Plus you sacrificed three years of your life. Yeah, school. <laughs> you can always go back to school. There's no place in my life that's too late for me to go. And, you know, when I had my baby, it was important for me to be home and enjoy that baby stage that I'm never going to get back. And maybe once my kids are in school Monday through Friday, I can always go back and I can always, you know, reapply. And, and if that's what I, I want to do. But right now, I had no excitement. There was no thrill about it. Like when I was going to start nursing school, I was so excited. I was so ready to start school. And this one, I just, I just dreaded it because all I thought was I'm going to go through three years of hard work and sacrifice away from my family and my kids on top of working for a job that I probably won't even enjoy. It's just not worth it for me. Yeah. It's funny because I think you and I went through a very similar mindset on this I didn't even start considering it I started considering it around like seven years of okay what's my next step like do I want to do NP I got into the program did it for a year and realized like this is not for me um I think I realized even more 
when I was in the program, I had a moment, Sam knows, like I had a mm-hmm. like mental breakdown during my, it was like my advanced pharmacy class, which was a year in. And I was doing this case study on a patient where I, I just like had a freeze up freak out. It was, you know, on a 70 year old patient who was on 12 meds and you had to prescribe you know, medications based on insurance and then like what was missing and what did, you know, are you considering everything that could happen to this patient in this moment, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, I just start, I sat there and I was like, you know, I don't think I want to do this. Yeah. I don't have an idea, you know, and I think it's a little different if you have an idea as, of what you want to do. There are a lot of people out there who know they have an idea. They say, okay, I want to go into aesthetics. I want to go into this. I want to go into specialty. And I just didn't have that thing. Vision for Yeah. What and then also we it. had started the podcast, you know, I just realized like big picture, like I was actually doing what I wanted to do, but I think it's interesting because mm-hmm. the more people we talk to, the more, you know, it fits for some people. NP advanced nursing fits for some people, but for a lot of us, it doesn't. I want to work like max two days a week making top dollar as a as a per diem nurse. I want a sugar daddy. Well, that too. I don't want to work. We've, we've considered OnlyFans as well. But I just think it's interesting. Oh, girl, you know, yeah. there's so much to consider. And I think we also don't talk enough about that, about like, okay, it's not for everybody. And I think there's this, there's also this huge push for nurses, you know, go back, go back, go back to become an advanced NP. And I'm like, why? Like, If you're happy at the bedside, I mean, both of us, we love, she loves being a transport nurse. I love the NICU. Um, Yeah, I've had to shift and try new roles and go other places, but it doesn't always mean that, like, I want to leave bedside. Like, I still love acute care. Acute care is, like, fun. Mm -hmm. And for you, you get to fly. You get to do all these. I mean, like, yeah, I think we discredit how. And I feel like we're able to make more decisions, like, and more critical thinking decisions and critical care decisions. And we have a really good bond with our docs at work where we kind of run the show. And you're not doing that as an FNP. Like if you're an acute care NP, okay. But you're still working under a doctor. And not like not that nurses aren't working under doctors, but it's just a different world. And I didn't want to get to the point, like, unless I'm gung-ho, ready to go 100%, okay, maybe I'll get to that point in my life. But if if I'm not, and I'm not excited about what the future could hold as an NP, I don't feel like it's worth sacrificing my time away from my family and taking on student loans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a big thing to consider. I mean, I know a lot of NPs that love their job. I love the NPs I see at my own doctor's office and everything too, but Mm -hmm. thank God for them. For me. But it's also, you know, you got to consider what's right for your life. There's something for everybody. Because I'm also a big advocate though for like, leave the bedside. (laughs) Just saying, like, yeah. well, I mean, bedside can yeah. eat the bedside can eat you alive, absolutely. Yeah, so. but there's a lot of things you can do. I mean, Sam, you mm-hmm. know, there's you can go into vascular access nursing and become a pick nurse. You can become a flight nurse. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of different things you can do that you don't have to necessarily do. That you know, go into that role. But I do like hearing why yeah. people like to do it, and there's plenty of nurses out there that do. But what I yeah. like is that you're open about your journey, and like it wasn't necessarily right for you, mm-hmm. at least in this moment. So. And I also feel like there's, unfortunately, some shame that goes into not going back to school. I feel like people assume that that you can't work as a bedside nurse forever for your career. And pe- I get questions all the time. Are you going back to school? When are you going back to school? What are you going back to school for? I'm like, maybe I don't want to go back to school. Maybe I'm happy with having a bachelor's degree. 
Well, I feel like people assume if you're a good nurse, you're supposed to go back to school. Like, oh, you're yes. smart. Like, are you going to become an MP? No. no, I'm smart. So I'm a good fucking nurse. Or yeah. I've even had yeah. the most fucking offensive shit. You're smart. Why didn't you go to med school? Because I'm smart. Oh, God. Yeah. Don't get me started. You're like, that. damn right. I'm smart. But like smart yeah. enough to not take on a half a million dollars in student loan debt and sell nope. my soul to, like <laughs> to have no schedule be on call the rest of my life now nah, I'm good yeah nurse life for yep. me I mean there's definitely you know there's ups and downs to everything mm -hmm. but what I do love is how transparent you are in talking about it and like you're very raw and open with your audience about that and I think it's important we all need to have these conversations which is you know Sam and I are big advocates also for like do you boo like whatever works for your life and I think being able to have those open conversations as experienced nurses where we've been there we've done that we've tried this we've tried that some things work and hit and stick and some things don't and that's okay and like you can change your mind like I've changed my mind lord knows Sam knows this like I'm ADD as fuck like I'm changing my mind every five seconds about things choose the yeah. career that's best for your lifestyle at the end of the day like there's so much stigma with you should do this or that it's like mm -hmm. do whatever works yeah it's gonna make you happy because yeah. you're the one that has to wake up every day and do it yeah. I've even gotten people like messaging me like I'm feeling really burnt out someone's messaging me about I'm in NP school but I'm burnt out but I'm burnt out of the bedside, but I don't know if I want to go through three years of school. And I'm like, I can't tell you what to do. You have to wake up every day and live the life, like live your decisions. So if I help you make yeah. a decision, I'm not the one that has to wake up and deal with the, the fall, like not the fallout, but with mm -hmm. what the path I chose is. I'm like, you have to choose the one that's going to make you happy, even if it's not the popular yeah. one. Yeah. Well, we just freaking love you, Avery. This was fun. I love you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm so girl. happy. I feel like we could do, do just this. a like saucy Saturday episode okay, with are you her. Turn this and we can talk all things anal. And Let's then do it. And you can have anal with your third leg husband and tell me all about it. Oh my God. Let's do it. We'll give you an update. I'm going to let you know how it went. You know, we'll go through Perfect. the play by play. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we thought about Perfect. like doing some like not only fans, but we're like, should we video? And then like, you don't video? like what we should. Oh my God. Well, don't okay, go through my we phone. Have <laughs> do not. We have, yeah, but I'm like, I'm way. talking publication status. You oh. know, like. Yeah. Oh, that's a whole different level. Yeah. I'm like, my video is full of just, my full of just like <laughs> a library. Don't scroll through yeah. Sam's phone. When it, when people are like asking for pictures of my kids at work and then they'll like go over my shoulder i'm no, like no no okay. no 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 don't no, just no. be peeking in, in my phone like that? that okay yeah yeah don't unless look at my video see, files thank you unless you want to see full frontal vagina do not yeah, look in my phone there. unless don't you want to see full-fledged asshole don't look through my phone <laughs> It's it's all there. Oh it's God. everything. You guys are the best. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Avery, for coming on today. We yes, freaking love you. Okay, so much fun. Pimp your put yourself out. Where can everybody find you, of course, and find you for all these saucy Saturdays? My Instagram is Avery Woods with two Y's, A V E R Y Y Woods, and that's my only social media. Love that. <laughs> And then all you need. we're going to be starting your podcast. And a year from now, we're going to be talking about your podcast. We're going to be a guest. Yeah. yeah. I can't yeah. wait. I know. I know. I need to get on it. I do. That's fine. Well, we love you to pieces. Thank you so much for coming on today. Love you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm going to go put my baby on my boob because she's very okay. upset. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Bye. 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 Well. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was just was a lot. We warned you. We told you, you it was going to be spicy.
You're welcome. Mm -hmm. This was so fun. I know some people are like going home and trying that out. Yeah. Uh We got a lot of tips in there. Hey. You guys get on that woo lube, (laughs) you know, all the good things. Thank you so much for tuning in today. As always, you guys make sure you're following us on our Insta. That's at C-E-L-L-F-I-E underscore podcast. Check out the link in our bio full of all of our supporters, our sponsors, and all the goodies there for you guys. Yes, and please download, subscribe, rate, and review. If you leave us a review and put your IG handle in it, we will be sending out some free stickers, some Mm -hmm. pins, some badge reels, all that good stuff. I just sent them out this week, so a bunch of you guys should be getting those in your mail, so check your mailboxes. We, as always, appreciate the support so much. We literally love your reviews. Thank you so much for every single person that takes time to do them. It, It literally just warms our heart. This is what keeps us going. We're so appreciative of it. So thank you, you guys. We we just, we love you guys. We love you guys. It brings us to tears. <laughs> Throw getting all the mosh. Gives me a little, a little mosh. Gives me a little tear. Um, and make sure you're following us on our Insta. That's at Nurse Tori. And at Hey Samantha with two A's. And stay tuned for, as always, a bonus mm-hmm. episode on Friday. Let's go. Bye. All right, you guys. Bye. Bye.